0: the vinyl preacher your weekly podcast where we talk about the bible and make a playlist and sometimes it's september october march or april you listen in we're we're grateful for you listeners
1: we got them advanced statistics now
0: man (laughs) do you know what it means though if they they're listening now they're like they're really faithful they're like the every sunday this is the
1: faithful remnant yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so Mm -hmm. we appreciate you especially if you're listening here uh, in Much more
1: than the people who aren't listening right now, who will tune in only for the really good stuff. You tune in for the stuff that's not so good that's happening right now. Just kidding, you know this is the good stuff. And that it actually gets worse during the high traffic months.
0: <laughs> hey, since I haven't said it already, I'm Matt Cato, pastor St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California.
1: And I'm Zach Paris, I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado. Boulder.
0: This is the podcast for uh, February 3rd, right? February 3rd. This is like kickoff to Black History Month oh, that's in right. my, uh, my context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to prepare for that, last night I went to a Beyonce Mass, Zach. Beyonce mm. Mass. It's like a Christ, <laughs> but with Beyonce. And to be honest, if I'm honest, Better, it is better. Better, the U- yeah. So, like the U2, Chris, you know, it was like um, in my experience. So, this is like a your typical worship service, but with U2 songs instead of songs from the Yod Love. You. Typically, they would also preach about a social justice cause that I don't know cares about. Uh, and it was kind of mind blowing to me when I first went to them because I was like, "Oh my, this I've been saying for forever. This is why we have a vital preacher podcast. We think that there are there's value in some of these songs we hear on the radio that you could." do it not in stupid ways, but in creative ways that you could incorporate into your worship. Uh, so I, I loved it. Even though I've seen you two Chris, done well and done poorly. The Beyonce mess was actually a different beast. Mm. Uh, we, Oh my gosh. They have this amazing bulletin. Uh, and the bulletin actually starts off by telling you what a womanist, uh, theologian is, uh, And then it has a really, it was a really uh, creative, thoughtful liturgy throughout. Barely mentioned Beyonce, Beyonce songs, of course, um, but really barely mentioned uh, the celebrity nature of things, really sort of used Beyonce's art as a way to get to an African-American womanist perspective. And that was really, it was good. It was really good and creative and thoughtful. So we'll do a... We should do a full debrief sometime soon. Uh, we'll get some of our some of the folks that came with me to see to that Mass. Uh, and I'd love to get uh, uh, the Reverend Yolanda Norton who put it together. I'd love to get her as a guest on the pod. So if you're listening, Yolanda, come on the and pod. And we're, we're certain you are. <laughs> this is right up our alley here at the Bible Preacher. I even wore the T-shirt, the first Bible mm. Preacher T-shirt. I'm sure there will be more, Zach, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our first Bible Preacher T-shirt was Beyonce inspired.
1: We should we should collab with Yolanda. I bet we can
0: make a sweet shirt together. <laughs> well, they had some cool. They I gotta had say they had some cool swag. They didn't have merch available to purchase, but they were all wearing matching T-shirts that said "Won't she do it?" Mm. So I thought mm. it was pretty great.
1: I was yeah. Yeah, sounds Good like we, we should. Good. There's there's an opportunity for us to merch up uh, the Beyonce mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, it's an opportunity for us. That's
1: <laughs> for us, the vinyl preacher. Your official supplier of Beyonce mass merch. Mass merch. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh... I like it. I mean, I do think. Right, Matt. I assume that the the crowd that shows up, the demo that shows up for Beyonce mass, is uh, the kind of uh, crowd that would be super into the, uh, to a merch tent.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were – our group was looking for the merch. We wanted to get mm-hmm. those T-shirts, uh, you know. I'm See? always looking for a merch scent. And I,
1: I, I, I like it, Matt. I like it. I have become convinced. Um, I'm glad to hear that that was your experience with the Beyonce Mass um, because I really did start to play with the idea um, when I was – we were pretty deep into REM there during Advent, and uh, a friend of the pod, Sarah, was, uh, was asking about a, a – provoke some like REM charist talk uh, and you start to like put the pieces together where you're like oh this could be the the, the Kyrie and this could be the there are pieces that work and make it fit you know um, and that I yeah. um, and that I do think you can do it with integrity right like it sounds like it, your experience was where it wasn't a, a worship service of Beyonce but yeah. using the art of Beyonce to, to, to do the worship um, it
0: it had a lot of integrity i was i was really impressed i mean i was just excited to see what it was i'd have had a good experience regardless but i was just i was really yeah i was really impressed with that um and really impressed uh with the economy of it like Hmm. uh it was a it was an hour long uh with communion and you know okay so for some of y'all listening in predominantly white churches that is a pretty typical worship service (laughs) an hour or less I'm not used to, like, you know, oftentimes uh, an African-American gospel service, not not that short, and for good reason. But I've also been, like, I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to speak vaguely that I've been to a worship service recently that was three times that long uh, and had so much going on within it. And this, like, cut it down to the, the basics. You're gathering your word, meal, sending, and it did each of those things really well um presentation of the word was so creative they did the the subject was um the first two chapters of exodus with the midwives uh and presented just so so well uh so it was a really it was a testament to how you could have liturgical integrity be really creative in the midst of that right not just be checking off your liturgical boxes okay i got that piece in here but like just to to do the things that matter and to do them really well very impressed really cool i
1: like it um in real time, Matt, uh, not in whatever time this gets published and uh, talking about um, Black History Month moving forward, I'm coming off today's the the day after MLK Day, uh, which we've spent a lot of time and energy here in Boulder uh, trying to get some on-campus observation of the day up and going. Um, and so I'm, uh, one, pretty tired, but two, uh, I thought it went really well. We had our first... Um, if you didn't know, dear listeners, uh, MLK Day as a national holiday came into existence in 1983. Uh, but in 1994, John Lewis and Wofford Harris pushed a piece of legislation uh, that President Clinton signed that turned MLK Day into a national day of service. So we are hoping to build uh, on campus here a campus-wide uh, sort of initiative where all of campus has the opportunity to spend the day as a day in, a, in service since we get the day off, uh, rather than going skiing, uh, which you should do on Friday. But on Monday, you should do service. <laughs> um, so we had our first little baby step of it. Uh, so we had a little group of students out of the Habitat build uh, on the north side of town. And Matt, I was born, I think, to swing a hammer because <laughs> oh, I get to nail so many nails <laughs> And I only lost a little bit of my finger, uh, but I felt, oh, just connecting with that nail uh, felt so good. But then in the evening... We had a really lovely program. Uh, Our keynote speaker was a really interesting guy, uh, Gary Jackson, who's a local uh, judge down in Denver, a CU Law alum, who grew up black in Colorado, which is an interesting uh, experience. And he's been particularly involved in this really interesting place that's in Boulder, almost in Boulder County, just uh, on the other side of the mountain from here, uh, Lincoln Hills, which was, um, I forget the exact dates, but one of the only places like uh, west of the Mississippi where there was a black-owned resort community forever. Uh, and yeah. so like it was the place that like Louis Armstrong came uh, to, to vacation, like all of your like early half of the 20th century sort of black celebrities came there because it was a, the only safe place they could go to do the vacation sort of like Miss Mazel thing. Uh, and his family has a, a cabin there and, and some wife, Hannah, who does some Colorado history stuff is connected with him in that way. But we had to hear a little bit about the Lincoln Hills uh, neighborhood and resort community and the restoration work there. Uh, so really cool. cool and then I had to yeah. talk at it and I did not I don't think I did terribly I was incredibly nervous about being the white guy <laughs> um, talking at the MLK Day event right. uh, so yeah. you want to tread very carefully there uh, but I thought it went, went well cool I'm enthused uh, well done I know you've been talking about uh, getting an, an MLK getting some MLK stuff going there for a while so awesome mm-hmm. so what's happening what South LA <laughs> February third, Beyonce
0: mass. What is happening? Um, I don't know yet, man. I don't know. You gonna I work like that day? You I think? I feel like I need. I feel like I need some texts to help me figure out Ooh, good, good what idea. to do. What to do mm. for this Sunday? Well, do you uh, think these texts could help?
1: Well, uh, good news, man. It's uh, it's time for the texts.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, it is the fourth Sunday after Epiphany, our especially long Epiphany this season, which uh, we heard the final preacher. We're on team season of Epiphany.
1: Team season of Epiphany. We could probably get that a little more concise, but for now.
0: T-S-O-T. And uh, yeah, so we're, so let's see. We've got a first reading from Jeremiah. Uh, I haven't done much on it. Have you done much on this one?
1: Uh, I've read it and have a joke about it, so...
0: Got a joke about it? Sweet. I'm going to read it. The reason I haven't done as much about it is because we've been, uh, we've been actually doing the epistles this season, which we haven't done for the existence of this podcast. <laughs> so we'll spend a little more time on uh, this week's epistle. But here is the reading from Jeremiah. Uh, for those of you that might be preaching on that, a reading from Jeremiah. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, see, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down. To destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God, man. So, this text chosen, I guess, for the connection to the gospel, Jesus, like, this is the aftermath of his first little speech? Well, it's
1: a Jeremiah call story. Okay, yeah. And in Luke, we get the back end of, of a Jesus kind of call story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the we're coming in in the loop right after the part where he says like uh, he reads this, the the Isaiah scroll that says the Lord has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor release the captives all that kind of stuff
0: yeah that's interesting think about it like a call story because we'll get I assume we're going to get uh, some of these uh, calling of the fisher the fishermen soon, right? So we get some call stories in the Gospels, and that's interesting. We get that kind of every year in this season. It's another way to think about epiphany, I guess, you know, we think about the manifestation of Jesus, but we, uh, given the text, we ought also to be thinking about the ways that we are pulled into that light in this season.
1: One of the ways that I like this text as an epiphany text is that... uh, our first thing, our first program we did this semester with students was around home blessings uh, and how that's an epiphany thing, that it's a way of—we we did crafting. I did not do the craft. Megan did the craft, of course. Um, but we made epiphany ornaments for you to hang not on a tree, but uh, around your home to remind you of the light that now shines in all places, which we're going to get a heavy, heavy dose of uh, in the gospel today. Um, But one of the things that we spent not an insignificant amount of time on was the liturgy for blessing a home uh, in the ELW. Uh, the Episcopals have one as well. Uh, but I love the ELW's blessing of a home because it goes around. You move from like literally room to room to room. And like uh, you can tell that baby boomers wrote the liturgy. Uh <laughs> Because uh, there, the rubric has a suggestion that, that for one of the prayers, it might be a good idea to do that at a place like a computer station. Um, <laughs> a so computers. you can bless your computer station. Uh, all of our, our young whippersnapper listeners who have carefully crafted
0: their computer station <laughs> setup. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember in uh, my my family had a computer station in 1996. Yeah.
1: Right, okay. I grew up with a computer station. My <laughs> grandparents all still have uh, computer stations. Yeah, right. That they purchased in
0: 1996. Um, yeah, but uh, the students you're working with, I imagine, carry their computer station in their hand. Yep, to all places. Every part of their right. house is a computer. Every part of their
1: existence yeah. is a computer station. But yeah, right. as funny as computer station is, Matt. Um, more more funny to me is the blessing for a bathroom uh, that begins uh, with the phrase you O Lord have knit together my inmost parts um, <laughs> which I think is Psalm 134 is what, exactly what they're going after but, but it's not far away from here uh, where Jeremiah yeah. uh, the Lord where Yahweh says to Jeremiah before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Which which a lot of, maybe here's the thing to go. Uh, We're going to do a little Stephanie Paulsell here. A lot of our epiphany um, perspective talks about the light that now shines outside, further beyond the walls than we might have imagined. But here, uh, this call story, Jeremiah, is rooted with a light that shines so deeply inside of us, uh, in the womb, in our inmost parts, uh, in a way that, right, another... Uh, problem that modern folk have uh, is acknowledging that we are our bodies. Um, um, so that's an yeah. unexpected place the light might be shining this week.
0: And this incarnational season. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Mm. Anything else on Jeremiah? He does not use, uh, it's more like young lad, young person, no. young probably male. It's not technon, which if you remember mm-hmm. was Brian Wise's favorite Hebrew word. Uh, from our Hebrew classes, he would just yell Technon, all the time for no reason. Yeah, yep. Which and is I an know. angle that I think leads nicely into that First Corinthians. Do not say I am only a boy. Do not say I am only a yo- a young a young person. I have completely forgotten how to pronounce words in English, and it has nothing to do with my accent.
0: <laughs> yeah, the reading from First Corinthians. If you know any reading. From the book of First Corinthians, you probably know this one. Uh, it's what you t- would you say this is top five scripture, uh, most well-known scripture passages? I think it's top super well-known. ten. I think that
1: yeah. that most people would think that this is the place where you find "God helps those who help themselves." Oh, really? I feel like you could slide <laughs> it into the reading this week, and no one would notice. You think so? Why do you think that? Because everybody thinks that's in the Bible, right? Um, and it's
0: not in there. <laughs> This In, is the
1: place that it would this, be? That's where it would be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, here it is, faithful listeners. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. I don't know how they, like, whoever numbered these verses to, like... It, it, First Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. How do, you even, how do you even do that kind of magic? Anyway, a reading from First Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude It does not insist on its own way It is not irritable or resentful It does not rejoice in wrongdoing But rejoices in the truth It bears all things, believes all things Hopes all things, endures all things Love never ends But as for prophecies, they will come to an end As for tongues, they will cease As for knowledge, it will come to an end For we know only in part And we prophesy only in part But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, ooh, there you go. I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. God, As life. we
1: go on, we remember all the times we had together. This, uh, this is a misappropriated wedding, uh, <laughs> verse, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Mis- misappropriated, uh, oftentimes. Yeah, the you know. So I was thinking about like this Like vitamin
1: text. C's graduation. did you graduate the year the graduation of vitamin c came out i was not quite i was envious of those who got to graduate that year
0: i don't i think i was a year off too i think i was a year off yeah it's interesting so i guess reading this text the day after mlk day makes me think about this text like mlk day in the sense that it is uh Good. So good when it was written, right? Good when it first, like it was a fight to have this holiday, and there was an important reason to fight for it. Uh, and then it got, it gets misappropriated, right? You can, it becomes very problematic. And yet, even despite the fact that it's been used in these problematic ways, it can still be really useful. To have it here, right? It's still useful that people go back to this text and read it again and again because you can still then take it and do something interesting with it. You got to be aware of all the ways it's been misappropriated. You got to be aware of that, but that doesn't mean it's not useful. It's not a reason to throw it in the trash. It's a reason to um, to open it up again, I think, uh, and recover that original context. So, like you said at weddings, one of the commentaries I read said you gotta you gotta remember the context that this is written in, then you can take it. You might well use it in a wedding. Uh, but in order to do that well, you should know this original context that it comes in, which where Paul is not writing to two people getting married, but is writing to a community that's having a really hard time getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. That's my initial hot take. <laughs>
1: <sighs> that's, a good, that's a good hot take. Matt. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty similar to my MLK take. Um, this was my take this year, and I did talk about it yesterday. Um, I've been kind of interested... Uh, the past couple months in the kind of vocation the vocational theology of Dr. King mm-hmm. um, and as I kind of got further into details in my readings uh, this uh, this past uh, these past few months um, I thought it was really curious that Dr. King got a PhD in systematic theology as you do from Boston University and from there he went to be the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery yeah Uh Right, I, I don't know Dear listeners if you've gotten to spend much time uh, With the doctors of systematic theology <laughs> I love those people First of all <laughs> Second of all They're not the most down to earth On the ground sort of uh, Doing the work kind of people uh, they're, they're, they're Much more up in the air Which I really appreciate right Don't, don't get me wrong uh, I like I like I like the air up there, uh, but Dr King makes this really strange choice. So I, I really got into the like I, I read some some stuff and in, indeed, in right, Dr King's professors wanted him to teach. That's what they really suggested he should do, uh, and his father, Daddy King, <laughs> Daddy King had his whole future planned out. Uh, by the way, I, I did a lot of reading on this part of Dr King's life. Uh, he had an arranged marriage ready to go for Dr King, or um, uh, Coretta. Uh, comes down to Atlanta because Coretta was up in Boston and they, they met. She was at the conservatory, right? Uh, she was a musician, and uh, he brought her down to Atlanta, and they just like she got an ice cold reception uh, to Atlanta, right? Because cause Daddy King had this arranged marriage set up where he was going to marry this other uh, well-to-do black family in Atlanta, uh, and and but for Dr. King's, I mean, and, and and Daddy King was not into PhD. Uh, By the way, he thought that was a little more learning uh, than a a black pastor in the South would really require. But Dr. King goes ahead and does it anyway. And he's about to graduate. And um, and and Daddy King is uh, ready for this to come to a close. uh, And he desperately wants Martin to come back to Atlanta to be a pastor with him at Ebenezer. And had even Mm -hmm. done the work to get him a job at Morehouse. Uh, so that he could teach on the side and do this, right? He's accommodated his dreams. Uh, And Dr. King turns down teaching. Uh, He turns down uh, the spot in, in high black society in Atlanta and decides for some reason to become the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, He writes, right, that that's where he thought he was needed most. Uh, Then you flip the the page, Matt, and uh, the locals were not so sure they agreed with Dr. King. (laughs) Uh, Up until until Dr. King got there, uh, most of the civil rights stuff in Alabama had happened in Birmingham. And so Fred Shuttlesworth and all those folks up there were deep in the work. And all of a sudden, this egghead shows up uh, from the north, right, Uh, which that dynamic, I think— uh, there's certainly a racial tinge to Southerners' uh, skepticism of of outsiders, especially Northerners. But I think it 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 it, it crosses some racial lines. Uh, what was this guy, this super educated guy from Boston, going to do uh, here in Alabama? And they looked very skeptically at Dr. King. Did not think uh, that he would have the stomach uh, for the work that was required. Uh, and so, what my kind of Dr. King takeaway that I see in the text here is. Um, is that the big punchline was that the power of Dr. King's theology is that it could hold things in tension. Uh, it held things together that couldn't be held together. And so what I'm hearing, Matt, is we get, I hadn't done any prep work on 1 Corinthians, uh, and especially looking towards uh, uh, Jesus getting a similar response, uh, the the locals not being too sure they agree with, with uh, Jesus' call story, uh, it are things that are really familiar, right? The parts of Dr. King mm-hmm. that that makes him easily uh, repostable on Facebook, right? The love, I mean, this could be Dr. King, right? He loves love um, and he's not gonna let that go. And at the same time, there's the other side of it, the hard words, uh, because Dr. King was also saying at the same time, he's proclaiming the the good news that comes to the widow of Zarephath and comes to Naaman. And these texts, perhaps what I like about them is that like Dr. King, it holds these two things together. And I think that's your job this week, preacher.
0: Amen. Yeah, you said you didn't do any work on this text, but that was—I uh, think—that was the work that was needed. <laughs> that's good. Okay, good. I just blacked out. Fantastic. Happened.
1: Just will failed it.
0: <laughs> no, that's really good, Zach. I really like that. I think that's—I uh, think that's a great way to get into this text. Fantastic.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Gospel, gospel. We've been talking
1: around it, Matt. We get a little overlap this week. Uh, we ended with it last week. Uh, with verse twenty one now we begin with it again. Um, so I hope that you didn't waste your money last week uh, preaching on today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Just kidding, there's plenty of other preachable stuff here. Uh, so Jesus goes to the temple. we kind of have the first half last week was really the first half of his call story. He opens up the scroll I've been the the spirit of the Lord has come upon me to to proclaim good news, to release the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, and then Jesus began to say to them, "Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." And all spoke well of him, and were amazed at the words of grace that came from his mouth, And they said, "This is an interesting verse, Matt. It's such a that sounds good so far, right?" <laughs> They were amazed at his gracious words, uh, the words of grace that came from his mouth. And they said, it's not this Joseph's son. They insult him, right? Like, wow, this is really something. But aren't you you just that little preacher from Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery? Um, They hear the words of, uh, they hear a a lecture on Tillich and Hegel. uh, And then they say, but aren't you from Dexter Avenue? And Jesus said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And Jesus said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. Do you hear that, Daddy King? But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months. But Elijah was sent to none of them except for the widow at Zarephath. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha, but none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And when they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. And they got up and drove Jesus out of the town and led him to the brow on the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The good news of this Jesus character. Ah, <laughs> The good
0: news. <laughs> Yeah, what a sequel. That's a good sequel. Which better it's Godfather Part 2. I mean, we talked last week about this, uh, you know, so Jesus reads the scripture and then hears the sermon. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Uh, but then it continues. Like, what's the analog here? Like, the back and forth uh, thing that happens next? Is this another week's sermon? Is this uh, mm. uh is this a dialogue in the middle? Is this a dialogical sermon? Is this the kind of sermon that you hate?
1: <laughs> probably. Probably so.
0: So yeah, it gets a little longer, it gets a little harder. Yeah, what do you think?
1: Hmm. Matt, I I am a sucker for the widow of Zarephath. I mean it's probably it's up there for me. We should do <laughs> we should do a top like top five, top ten Bible stories episode at some point. <clears throat>
0: Um, I mean naming naming the series pretty good to name, name is really Washington good, too. In these waters,
1: you yeah. know? Oh I'm a sucker for both of these stories. Um and I think right jack, yeah, man, I just love
0: like it's so you're telling me Jesus knows how to make a good Old Testament playlist? He does.
1: That's what he's doing. <laughs> you were right. This is, okay, I was actually, have a, I, have a no, I, have a, I have a thing in my notes here, complaining about the rule of two, because uh, normally it's the rule of three in comedy and good yeah. storytelling, right? But he and, only gives two examples here. Uh, but I've forgotten that he's uh-huh. quoting, he just quoted Isaiah. So he's already got his three. Mm-hmm. So he's brought yeah. Isaiah, uh, Kings, where is Naaman? What is that in? Is that in Kings as well? It probably is, in like 2 Kings. He's pulling together some robust, important stories to make his uh, yeah. to make his points.
0: Or maybe he's the third.
1: Mm. Good one. Name of the letter is from Second Kings. Second Kings. Look at me. It's like a. I <laughs> like. I know what I'm talking about. Occasionally. I mean, it's just such a clear proclamation of the Epiphany good news that we've been talking about—that God not only—I mean—and there's there's some there's some nuance here, right? It's not only that God that the light now shines in all places, which uh, we lean back to last week talking about a reality that's already. That already is. We were talking about that with 1 Corinthians last week. But Jesus is proclaiming this new reality that already is. He, to tell the story of what's going to happen, of the God who's going to come to the outsider, he tells the stories of the God who's already come to the outsiders.
0: Gosh, and I just love, I just love Yeah, him, and he makes it so clear. This <laughs> There were many widows in Israel, but he didn't go to those.
1: <laughs> it's not just, right, that also you, and right? We, it's not like, like um... The way we talk about welcome, right? of being welcoming to everyone, uh, mm-hmm. to just take what we normally have and, and find a way to let other people have it or into it. Uh, but saying, no, no, God not only promises to be there, but God, if you're looking for God, go out and see the widow of Zarephath, or go out and see Naaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not yeah. here.
0: It's important to lift that up, I think, when we think about, okay, so why were they all filled with rage? I mean, we were just talking about Dr. King. That's one of the other things people always forget is that... Uh, There's a reason why he was killed. People didn't actually like him at the end of his life, right? And we forget that about Jesus, too. Like, he was killed for a reason. Like, it wasn't like some magic lightning bolt that came out of the sky. Like, people killed him because they were mad at him for doing certain things. So here they're already mad at him. And why are they mad at him? Uh, Because he's saying things about outsiders and not them. Right? Completely irrelevant in this day and age. Completely irrelevant. (laughs) Has nothing to say.
1: (laughs) There's mob violence, and it doesn't lead to good things happening. um, No. I mean, that's another piece of good news if you're looking for it, right? If you want to tie into the kind of mob mentality, uh, which evidently, according to the Internet, seems to be affecting our life together, uh, is that Jesus passes through the mob uh, that mob does not stop Jesus from doing the things that Jesus intends to do. And in fact, I did a little bit of word study, Matt, on past here. He passed through the midst of them. And it's a super interesting word. Um, it is used in a bunch of different ways. Uh, it's used a little bit later on here. The next time we'll see it will be in chapter 5, when his fame spreads all across the land. It goes everywhere. His His fame goes everywhere. It's oh gosh, but the one of the uh, the most interesting place I think, or the surprising place where I found it, is back in the second chapter of Luke, where it's used uh, to describe a sword piercing someone. What um, right, The sword will pass <laughs> through you? Um, and so, I'm not a huge fan. I don't think the podcast here we're a huge fan of militaristic images and stuff. Um, but if you within this context, right? Uh, where it can seem just like a magic trick that he passes through the mob, through the crowd. Uh, He's cutting through it here. Uh, It is him defeating that mob, that crowd, not merely escaping or evading. There's something active to that.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Wow. A sword that, like a sword that pierces. That was not the image that I had in my head of the ghost passing through their midst. Right? It feels like uh, a
1: ghost, right? Where like, he's just whoop, can't get me. Yep. (laughs) No, he's just cutting through the crowd. Oh, good stuff.
0: Mm. So, lots to work with this week, preachers.
1: A lot lot of work with here. It's always hopeful when Jesus remixes the Old Testament, because then he just brings up all these other images. Um, Mm -hmm. Things that I complain about about Paul uh, is not a problem for Jesus (laughs) and Luke here, right? Because he... You could preach on Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, which you haven't read, listeners. If you're not super familiar with, you got to go back and hit that uh, with Elijah. It's fantastic. And naming the leper. Because here's the part I don't know if we made it explicit. We should make it explicit, man. Uh, widow of Zarephath, not Jewish, is the primary takeaway there. Uh, and God sends Elijah to be healed, um, to get food from an, an outsider. Uh, which is crazy, right? Uh, yeah. And Elijah and the outsider, the outsider widow, uh, eat together. Again, super Eucharistic. You've got that mystagogy. It's happening. Uh, and then Naaman, yeah. not only so an what outsider. Is... <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So then Naaman, not only an outsider, uh, a Syrian foreshadowing for what uh, Cyrus is going to do. when we talked about Cyrus last week. Um uh, Naaman, not only Syrian, but a military commander of an opposing army, right? It's hard to get much more outsider uh, than that, right? You might as well throw Herod in there. God came to Herod. And yet, it's this Naaman that gets cleaned in the waters, right? Um, again, Mister goji, baptism. You got table, you
0: got font, right? This is just... <laughs> you so should even this week, It's about water, yeah. Yeah, I know, Gosh yeah I had not made that connection either the one's about food the other's about water he had so leprosy that's the
1: other yeah
0: exactly he was a leper and then he was made clean where is
1: yeah yeah which comes into is play just... in two weeks man oh leprosy let's get ready to talk about leprosy we don't have to talk about it now <laughs> but we're gonna get the call story next week of the calling the fishers become fishers of humans story uh, and they leave everything and the first thing they do is they go and visit a leper colony
0: and I'm really excited about that because there are so many good pop songs about leprosy. Oh,
1: my gosh. New test leper. Oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, there are lots of good <laughs> songs about leprosy. Oh, wow. Least. There are. Yeah. No, that's totally true. It's interesting to me that we didn't get one of those stories as the first reading this week. Mm. That they didn't go with uh, Naaman or – Yeah. Maybe they maybe they couldn't pick one. Maybe it was like a split vote.
1: <laughs> I think Naaman is in the Linton cycle.
0: That's Shop and Lent, yeah. Like that's true. Yeah. I think we get a bunch of Second King stories this summer because we get prophet S- stories. So we may get that Elijah, Elijah story. Oh gosh.
1: Hopefully I mean, a new band continuous, like yeah. Related to Elijah, <laughs> Elijah will emerge and we can uh, have a summer of that new band.
0: And hopefully that new band will be middle aged white people because that tends to be the band that we pick. For- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Baby boomers. Hopefully like there's a baby boomer <laughs> band. Uh, that should
1: that be I, the name of our band, Matt. Elijah slash Elisha. <laughs> Elijah Elisha, something like that. A play on Elijah and Elisha being the same thing. That's what the name of our band should be. That's our next T shirt. I mean Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mind went down a path of uh Elijah slash Elisha, so Elijah slash the guitarist Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Stop! Stop me now. We need to get to some better music. We got to get list? better. Are we music. done
1: with Luke? Yeah, we're done. We're done. We got to okay. move. Keep moving. you guys can't slow down for it's that. Good.
0: Okay. <laughs> what are uh, What are we listening to besides my phone ringing?
1: Hello. Hello. I'm calling with this week's praise for the vinyl <laughs> <Rhyme> preacher. <laughs> total frequency. Uh, to. okay what are we listening to Matt we are who we are and so that means we have to put the killer's new song land of the free on the podcast on the the killer's City. have a new Heard song it. Matt what they have a new song called land of the free Spike Lee directed the music video it's a commentary on political <laughs> stuff you gotta check it out are you
0: making this up, are you, are you making this up right
1: now nope all of our uh, contemporary white guy friends were sharing it on the Facebook and the internet this week what um,
0: I I, I missed all of that and I'm so excited you're listening to me live be excited about a (laughs) new killer
1: single I mean my take on it is that it is very pointed politically and says things explicitly not a great song um, Mm -hmm. but not bad you know it's worth checking out this week The Killers Land of the Free Uh, Matt there are lots of songs though uh, about strangers uh, and I think for me that's what the good news is here that love uh, that feels so warm and fuzzy in 1 Corinthians gets manifested primarily Uh, To the Stranger And so I'm going with Strangers by the Kinks Uh, The Kinks are my favorite British, I mean The Beatles are their own thing I feel like But I am uh, very much into The Kinks as a British invasion uh, Band Uh, Strangers on this road we are on We are not two, we are one Holy man and holy priest This love of life makes me weak at my knees Uh, It's a lovely song I, I like the Kinks
0: Do you think if we read uh, First and Second Kings this summer that the Kinks (gasps) could be (laughs) here? Just throw that out there. That could fit.
1: That could fit. I am familiar with their most of their uh, their their catalog. Um, All right, keep going. But if we're going to keep it on the white guys, uh, the middle-aged white guys, contemporary middle-aged white guy band, The National, one of their more popular songs, Mistaken for Strangers. You get mistaken for strangers by your own friends when you pass in the night under the silvery, silvery city bank lights. Mistaken for Strangers. And finally, Matt, Jesus comes up into the temple. He's making these proclamations. He's reading Isaiah, saying that he's the anointed one. Uh, the people respond, Who do you think you are, Uh song by the same name uh, the Lake Street Dive Matt I'm going Lake Street Dive who do you think you are <laughs> who do you think you are fantastic and why do you think I care is the next line in that song <laughs>
0: that's awesome uh, yep I ran with uh, I ran with First Corinthians and I this being uh, Black History Month I had to go with one of my favorite African American artists Mavis Staples mavis staples she's uh you just can't go wrong you can't she could can sing almost anything and it would be fantastic she had a song called love and trust mm. love and trust uh from an album a couple of years ago uh so mavis staples kicks us off with love and trust and then uh you U2, two you two's latest album had a lot of songs about love but i'm not gonna pick any of them i'm, gonna go, with, uh, I'm gonna go with ordinary love mm. uh which is uh which is several years old now but i think uh i think still one of their best it's it's a good little song and then uh coming off of this beyonce mass uh love on top was the communion hymn Mm. (laughs) and it is it is a good one love on top which is exactly what paul says here in uh first (laughs) Corinthians 13. zach i got a story about playlists please please uh so as as y'all might have seen, we've had a teacher strike here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, LAUSD, the second largest. Uh, I think I talked about this last week, but the second largest uh, school district in the country in the and world. Strike on strike this week, and it was it was incredible. Um, I mean, oh gosh, I should have told this story earlier, but uh, it was first of all it was raining all week. It never rains in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, but it was never for four, rains <laughs> in California. Four Four straight days of pouring deluge rain. Uh, I read that book, Cadillac Desert, and he Mm. said the perfect, the author said, uh, you know, the perfect animal for Los Angeles would be a camel with gills. And this was the week (laughs) when you would use the gills. This is the week when you'd use the gills. Um, And then on Wednesday, uh, the picket line moved down to the corner that our church is on. So the The picket line formed. Right outside of our church it was our time, and, uh, where time
1: stood still, with gators and snakeskins glorifying right, them.
0: Right there, and so I went out. You know, I went out. I just, I just started talking to teachers, um, as you should. You know, when you're the pastor. And then one of them said, uh, "Boy, I wish I hadn't forgotten the tambourines in the car." And I said, "I'm sorry. Did you say you need tambourines?" Uh, and I ran and said, "I got the tambourines from our Sunday morning worship services." and pass them out to these teachers who then shook them on the streets to the passing cars that honked back in response uh it was a, it was a liturgist's dream uh it was pretty it was fantastic you couldn't make this stuff up if you were in seminary in a worship class you'd be like oh that is you just you would love it you know <laughs> you'd love it and I, and I did love it too because it made for a great story Um, But yeah, so teacher striking And then here's the part that relates to the playlist Though, is that uh, one of the teachers That comes to uh, worships At St. Mark's, uh, she's the chapter Leader at her uh, At at her school And she emailed me to ask If I had a strike playlist That I could help her out with Because they needed songs to sing (laughs) uh, So I got to make a playlist And they listened to it, and I was really excited About that, Vinyl Preacher you, everybody I, I know you were excited about it. What was the response to was the playlist? It good. They liked she it. She sent me another email uh, that was positive. So thanks, thanks, John. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you asking yes. about about uh, playlists. It makes me feel like a uh, networking at what we do, <laughs> <laughs> which is much less helpful than uh, you know. Going without pay and, and striking for changes in your school. But, you know, we all, there are varieties of gifts, but They're the same fine. Lord that activates them in all of us. I mean, and, uh, they just so definitely... have the charism breath playlists.
1: They're definitely ranked, uh, but playlist is on there. It's at the bottom. It's right above tongues, uh, but it's there. It's there. Matt, I saw on the, on the social medias your story about the tambourine, and I could literally see, and I hope our listeners who now hopefully have gotten to know us well, uh, could just see how excited you were when someone asked for a tambourine uh, and you got to run around church uh, digging out your tambourines for the, for the teachers.
0: I know. I mean, don't you think, isn't it like a perfect sermon story, like especially for like if you were preaching at a seminary, you know, like to mm-hmm. like, I feel like, I feel like it's a, it's an Ill- certain illustration that like Ben Stewart would, I mean, he'd be all over that, right? Like if you're a worship professor, you'd love it.
1: All over it. All you worship professors <laughs> and, you, and you PhDs in systematic uh, theology. We covered all the bases for you this week.
0: Absolutely. Shout out to those teachers though. It really was impressive to see them all uh, in the streets and giving us, uh, you know, I mean, in the weekend that we celebrated Dr. King, I mean, uh, that's the way to do it be in the streets with uh, with some with a direct action so shout are, out they to the still, are they still are they still striking what's the status there was an announcement this morning uh, that an agreement had been reached it still needs to be voted on uh, by all the members which will hopefully happen this afternoon and hopefully the students will be back at school tomorrow uh, so hopefully they have they have made progress there was an announcement this morning but um, yeah I mean I, you know it, it, and, it, and it, it happened because of this uh, because of this nonviolent direct action so Awesome. There
1: it is, uh, Matt. You're headed to to the worst state in America, right?
0: I'm headed to Florida. Sorry, Floridian listeners.
1: Do I don't think we have a lot of Florida, Floridian listeners. <laughs> Going to
0: Jacksonville for the ELCA Youth Ministry Extravaganza where the theme is disrupt. Uh, And one of the, there are apparently four um, like worship leaders and uh, previous guest, Tyra Dennis is one of those. And she thinks that the vinyl preacher, she's a big fan of the vinyl preacher, even though I don't think she listens, (laughs) but she, but she's a big, big uh, moral supporter of the pod. Mm -hmm. And um, she thinks we should do a podcast with that theme of disrupt. (laughs) She was telling me all about her ideas. So we'll get her on the podcast to talk about it sometime soon
1: sounds good I think you should disrupt worship in Jacksonville by just regularly or not regularly irregularly interrupting worship by yelling Bortles as loud as you can (laughs)
0: Bortles (laughs) yes I love everything about that reference
1: Matt I could be wrong perhaps we do have listeners in Florida Uh, and if you're a listener in Florida or anywhere else what you should do is go to uh, go to iTunes rate and review the podcast Uh, And again, the promise stands. Nobody did it this week, so you're not going to hear anything. If you rate and you write a review, I will read your review live on the podcast. Uh, If you ask a question, Matt and I will address it. We'll spend time talking about it. Uh, So if you just want to tell us how great Florida is uh, in comparison to our... Western states, which are vastly superior to your uh, literal cesspool of a state uh, that won't exist in 20 years, um, you can do that. We are empowering you to do that. So rate, review, we'll read.
0: Do it. We'll read. Cool. Well, it's been real, Zach.
1: It's been real vinyl.